Guys, we have been in the Sermon on the Mount for the last couple of weeks, and you know, I can't recap everything, but it's, uh, this is kind of like one of uh, Jesus' Jesus's longest uh, expositions of the Word, just speaking about the Word, it recorded in Matthew's Gospel, chapters 5, 6, and 7. Uh, on the Mount, the Mount of Olives there, and uh, he's, uh, you know, just sharing the word, just talking about, you know, he's saying, you know, you heard it was said before, he says this over and over again, uh, it's kind of like a theme of his, you know, you've heard it said by those of old, uh, but I tell you. And he, you know, he talks about anger, and he talks about divorce, and he talks about marriage, and he talks about, you know, um, uh, tithing and prayer and all of these things, how, how we should pray and when we should pray and how to pray, all of these different things he's talking about. And, uh, and then he gets to this passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. And I'm going to read this, and then I, uh, I actually got a, uh, went back and found a segment of a sermon that was given by Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., 1953. And I just want to read an excerpt from that, and then we'll kind of break it down. Three simple points this morning. And guys, you know what my greatest fear is? You know, my, my, a pastor's greatest fear is that you guys think this morning that you're doing church. And while we are in church and we are reading the Word of God and we're worshiping God this morning, church really doesn't happen here. Church happens when you guys walk out that door. And so if you go from week to week thinking that we're going to do church on Sunday morning, you're missing it. We're all missing it. And I'm wasting my time and you're wasting your time by coming if we think that this is what it is and if we think that this is what it's about. You know, we get instruction here. We get encouragement from uh, the fellowship of the saints and, and one another. We get uh, strengthened by God's presence and, and him just kind of like speaking in our hearts and our lives. But if we don't take what we hear and go out and live it on the street, we're really missing it. All right, so we're picking up Matthew chapter 5. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you that you resist, you should, that you, you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue you at, law, at the law and take away your coat, let him have your cloak also. Let me just stop there for just a second because... I want to tell you that of all the, the messages in these three chapters of the Sermon on the Mount, this statement right here by Jesus, this, these statements right here are probably the hardest for all of us to swallow, especially for me. I mean, you know, and especially when we think about it in the context of what he's saying. But let me just, want, and I've shared this with you before, but when he's talking about, he's not talking about you being physically abused, okay? He's talking about, you know, everybody just, if you just take your right hand and place it on your right cheek for just a moment. Just bear with me for a second, okay? And so Jesus is saying, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, okay? It, most of us are right-handed. We live in a society that's predominantly right-handed. It is hard for you to slap someone with your right hand on the right cheek. I mean, you just, it's, it's just hard to do it. So what you do, if you want to slap somebody on the right cheek with the right hand, what you have to do is backhand them. It's like, like that. 
You guys have seen the Three Musketeers, and, you know, it's just like, you know, you take your gloves off, you slap somebody across the face with the gloves. It was a southern kind of a gentleman thing back then. If you're insulted, you slap somebody with their gloves or with your gloves on their right cheek. It's a form of an insult. Jesus is not suggesting that you be abused or allow yourself to be abused here in this passage of Scripture. Probably one of the most misunderstood Scriptures in the, in the Bible. You know, just allowing people to take advantage of you. He goes on to say, And whoever will compel you to go a mile, go with him two miles. Give to him that would ask you, and from him that would borrow from you, turn not away. You've heard that it has been said that you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I, there's, here's that famous statement again. I, I'm interjecting. Jesus is saying, I'm interjecting something. You've heard that it was said by those that give the law, by Moses and the scribes and the Pharisees. You've heard that it said by them to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, this is something totally different, off the chart different. Love your enemies and bless them. And this is the whole sermon message is right here in this verse right here. Love your enemies, bless those that curse you, and do good to those that hate you, and pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Anybody get rain last night? I did too. Thank God for that. Amen? And let's just praise God for the rain. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we ask for it. We ask. We prayed, God. We ask. We sought your face, and you delivered. You gave us rain, and we're grateful for it. Uh, I had a conversation with someone uh, as I was coming in, and I was saying that I got rain, and, you know, they said, well, we didn't get rain. You know, you must be, you know, praying harder than we are or something. And I just said, hey, the just and the unjust. So, <laughs> so. I don't know which category I fell into last night, but we got rain, and I'm grateful for it. For if you love those that love you, what reward have you? Uh, you it says, don't the publicans don't the, the publicans do the same thing? And if you salute your brethren only, what more do you do than others? Don't the publicans do so? But be you therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. And uh, let me just, uh, I want to take a, just a, a, a few moments and just read this excerpt from uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, sermon from uh, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, the same passage that we just read. Uh, this was given back in 1953. Uh, it's significant that he does not say, like your enemy. Like is a sentimental something, an affectionate something. There are a lot of people that I find it difficult to like. I don't like what they do to me. I don't like what they say about me and other people. I don't like their attitudes. I don't like uh, some of the things that they're doing. I don't like them. But Jesus says to love them. And love is greater than like. Love is understanding, redemptive, uh, goodwill for all men so that you will love everybody because God loves them. You refuse to do anything that will defeat an individual because you have an agape love in your soul for that person. And here you come to the point that you love that individual who does the evil deed while hating the deed that the person does. And this is what Jesus means when he says, love your enemies. This is the way to do it. When the opportunity presents itself, when you can defeat your enemy, you must not do it.
okay? Given the opportunity to defeat your enemy, God's saying you must use that, that restraint, that self-control, and not do it. Why? Because the Bible says, Jesus says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. It's not for you to repay. It is for God to repay. And so let me get back to this thing about turning the other cheek because, you know, when I was in high school, uh, when I was a freshman in high school, and you know that transition, as you're going into high school, uh, you know, you want to go where the big kids are. It's kind of like that, that, you know, you got the sophomores and the, you know, the juniors and the seniors, and it, it's just like that whole new experience, like you're, you know, you're young and you're just transitioning in, and it, the whole thing is new. Well, I remember my first, probably my first week as a freshman in high school, and you're wondering, you know, are the seniors going to be mean to you? They're going to be bad to you? You hear about this initiation thing, and, uh, you know, guys, as I talk about this, I want to just tell you that, you know, when we talk about bullying in school, this is a real issue, and, you know, for parents, you know, it's sometimes just difficult for your, your kids to talk to you about this, so you need to kind of draw this out of them, you know, talk to them about what's going on in their life, what's happening at school, is everything okay, you know, are, are you doing well at school? Uh, but I remember being in the bathroom with another freshman and two of probably the largest seniors in high school, and the seniors decided that they wanted myself and this other freshman to fight. And so one of these guys, apparently not the best of the fighters between them, gets behind me and gets my hands and kind of like raises them up. And the other senior gets behind the other guy and does the same thing. And so, I mean, you know, I am a freshman. I was small. I was a small freshman. I, I you know, probably was under five foot tall and probably weighed, I, you know, I don't even want to guess, wet, you know. It's like, and I played football too. You know, you guys remember that movie Big? You remember at the end of the movie how that, that kid was walking and he was like, you know, he starts getting small again and he's got those grown-up clothes on? That's the way I looked in a football uniform. I was just like, you know, just like the uniform weighed more than I did. And so uh, anyway, uh, so they decide they want us to fight. And, uh, you know, they're, you know, kind of sparring a little bit. Well, the next thing I know, man, the guy just plants one on my nose. Blood is going everywhere. I mean, I am just like, I mean, I'm a freshman. It was just like two seniors, two freshmen. And before I got my nose cleaned up and blood off of me, the entire high school by those guys walking out knew exactly what had happened. And it wasn't the two seniors that it was, the, the story was the other guy beat me up. And it's like, I didn't even have a chance. And so day after day after day, I had to listen to this. Oh, you know, so-and-so beat up Ron, you know. His name was Ted James, by the way. And so <laughs> Ted James beat up Ron. And so I hear this every day. I'm hearing this, you know, Ted, did Ted really beat you up? And then the girls start asking me. You know, it's bad enough when your friends are asking you, but when the girls start asking you, I mean, it's just like total humiliation. Did he really beat you up? You know, it's just like, oh, my God, it is such humility. And it goes on day after day after day. This goes on for months. And finally, guys, I mean, I have absolutely had it. We rode the same bus together, and he said, made some kind of comment on the bus, you know, like, if you ever do that again, I'm going to, you know, whip your something again. And I just, you know what? I had it. I had it. I said, when we get off of this bus, you meet me behind the store. And there was this big, huge general store, you know, that uh, was in our town. And 
back behind it with some trash bins and stuff. And we got behind the store, and I laid into this guy. I'm not kidding you. He squealed like a little schoolgirl and ran and ran home. I mean, just like totally ran home, you know. And it was just like absolutely over. It was over at that point. And uh, which blows my whole sermon about turning the other cheek, okay? <laughs> I, I didn't, I'm not telling you that so to tell you that this is what you have to do. But I'm just telling you, this was the example in my life, you know. And, and these things are real, and sometimes, you know, we have to live with it. And, you know, I just, I didn't know about turning the other cheek uh, then, and, um, you know, I know about it now. So, <laughs> and if I ever see Ted, I'll tell him I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So, look, guys, um, you know, there's, there's three points that I just I want to make here, and then uh, we just go back, and, and I, want to, I want us to look at that scripture one more time. He says, love your enemies, and bless those that curse you, and do good to those that hate you. And I just want to talk about us loving and blessing and doing good. Um, in Ephesians chapter 5, the scripture says, Paul's writing, and, and, and I, he's writing this from prison. He says, be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love. I want you to think about that for a second. So we read this. It's, you know, these are interesting stories, and we can read about the comments of, uh, you know, that Jesus makes. And it's sometimes it's real easy for us to just, like, live a life of love. Okay, what's the next verse? You know, but I, I just want us to pause here for a second. And I need us to do a little self-examination this morning. Are you, am I, living a life of love? And what does that look like? You know, someone said, and let me just pause here for a second. I've got to deviate. You know the five greatest lies that Christians tell each other? All right. There are five lies that we tell each other, okay? And... If you've ever done one of these, I need you to, I, I need an amen. I need an amen. Ralph, you can lead the course in this, okay? If you've ever, if you've ever told this lie, okay, or said this, I want an amen. And if you're sitting next to someone that doesn't say amen to any of these, I want you to know that's the biggest liar in this play. <laughs> All right. Number one, I will pray for you. Okay, we say it all the time. It sounds so spiritual. I'll pray for you, brother. Okay. Here's another one. Number two, it's great to see you. <laughs> I've been aborting you for six months, dude, and you're telling me it's great to see you. All right, number three, I'm doing great. I mean, is this the level that greatness has come to? It's like, oh, my gosh. All right, number four. We do this all the time, especially when you're downloading something on the phone. I have read the above and agree. <laughs> you didn't read any of that. Oh, you scrolled through about 10 pages and hit the agree button. And then the last one is, did you got, anybody say amen on that last one? All right, all right. Uh, I love you. All right, because a lot of times, you know what? It's just a little clever cliche that we say, 
And then if we want to get real spiritual, we say, I love you, brother. You don't even know my mom. All right, so I think it's just time, you know, I think the world is looking for the church to be real and not be spiritual. We get so darn spiritual that it's just like, it's like it's over their head. They can't even relate to us because we talk in a language that they can't understand. And, and we live lives that are sometimes contradictory. You know, it's like we say one thing and do something else, okay? And it's just like our standard of living. It's like, you know, you, that's what Jesus was saying. You know, you say that you love somebody, but, you know, uh, you, you, love, you love your friends, but, you know, look how, you, how your enemies. He says, love your enemies as well. So he says, be imitators of God, therefore, dearly loved children. Live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. You know, Jesus, when we think about how Jesus loved us, he loved us, he gave it all. There was nothing, nothing that he held back. You know, there's a, there's a passage of scripture when Jesus is presenting himself to the disciples. And this is after the resurrection and Thomas is not there, or I think this is the time when Thomas is there. And uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to, I just want to share with you, this is just a thought that occurred to me, that when Jesus bled on the cross, I believe that he gave every drop, every drop. And the reason I think that is because when he meets the disciples, they think he's a spirit, but he says, touch me, because a spirit does not have, notice what he says, a spirit does not have flesh or bone. He doesn't leave, he doesn't mention blood at all. I think he poured out every last drop of blood that he had. He gave it all. Ephesians 4 again, uh, I urge you to live a life worthy of the call that you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. So we need to love one another. The next thing that we need to do is bless. And these are words, I'm going to tell you guys that these are words that we use a lot or we talk about a lot, but we don't actually do them. We don't actually speak a blessing. Do we? I mean, when's the last time that, you know, you, you called your, your wife over and said, you know, hon, I want to speak a blessing over you. I can speak a blessing over Nina this morning because I got a call from her. She's down in Houston preparing for our oldest daughter's wedding. And while she happened to be there, you guys know that I'm a wannabe cowboy. And some of my cows got out. And so Nina is my lovely wife at 7.30 this morning calls and says, the cows are out. And I am chasing them down the road. And so I bless her for that. I bless her in the name of Jesus. She is a good wife. All right, so we talk about blessing. This is the, uh, uh, God told uh, Aaron and uh, Moses, when you bless the people, this is how, you, how you're to bless them. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you. And just, uh, while I'm just reading the scripture, why don't you just close your eyes and just kind of receive this for a second. The Lord bless you, listen to these words, and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. When you die, 
that's a kind of a interesting segue there. But when you die, and you're gonna you're gonna close your eyes here on earth, and you are going to open your eyes in heaven. What is the last thing? I just want to be serious this morning. What's the last thing that you want to be doing when you draw your last breath? When you're gone, what is the last thing you want to be doing? Help me out. We're talking this morning, okay? What do you want to be doing? Huh? Praising God, okay, good. Glorifying God. Saving souls. Winning souls, okay? Anybody else? Come on. If you've never given an answer in church before, this is a good time to do it. Okay, all right. Listen to this. I, I want to just read, because I thought this is interesting here. Uh, this is Jesus. He's getting ready to depart. He's leaving the guys. He's been with them for death, burial, resurrection. Forty days he's been with the people on earth, with his disciples. Last thing that he does, check this out. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Is that cool or what? Hey, man, that's the way I want to go. Well, not right now, Lord. But, <laughs> but Lord, I just bless these people in Jesus' name. That's the way I want to go. All right. All right, love and bless and do good. And uh, I, I got a little video segment that I'm going to show you. You guys queued up back there. Wait, I'm not ready yet. Not ready yet, but get ready because it, it fits. It really fits with what we're talking about today. So we're going to love one another. We're going to bless one another. And, uh, you know, let me just throw this in. I, you know, if I had Willie Nelson's voice, I could sing this. Is Pat here today? Pat Maltby? Oh, it's a good thing because he said he got a Willie Nelson song stuck in his mind a couple of months ago and couldn't get it out. But I'm going to give you another one. Uh, and these are some of the verses or lyrics from that song. Uh, you were, the song is called, You Were Always On My Mind. Oh, you guys know that song? And so listen to this. Maybe I didn't love you quite as often as I could have. And maybe I didn't treat you quite as good as I should have. Little things I should have said and done, I just never took the time. But you were always on my mind. I want to tell you, it makes for a great country song, but in the kingdom of God, it doesn't get it. It just doesn't get it. Me thinking about you and not doing anything for you, you know, it does nothing. I mean, I can be thinking about, I wonder if they're fed tonight. Are they cold tonight? Are they hungry tonight? Does this uh, single mom raising these four kids, is she going to be able to pay her rent on time? You know, I was thinking about you. But I never really took the time to go and ask you, are, is thing, are things okay in your life? Is everything okay? Are you doing okay? And then don't put on your church face, you know, if you're the recipient of that, say, oh, yeah, everything's fine. They turned the electric off yesterday. The gas is going to be turned off tomorrow. And we're going to be evicted on Thursday. Everything's fine. You know, we got to learn how to be honest with one another. So do good is the third point. Therefore... As we have opportunity, and that's daily, you know what, I, and I just believe, you know, that if we walk out, 
You can see this example with David in his life. I love it. I love this guy. I love David. I love the things that he says. I love the things that he does. But, you know, he wakes up. It says, you know, I, I think it's in Second Samuel. It's like 7 and 8 or 8 and 9. But he wakes up in the morning and he asks the question. And I believe that we would live in a better world if you and I would wake up in the morning and ask the same question. Is there anyone that I can show kindness to today? Is there, God, is there anyone out there? It should be the first thing out of your mouth in the morning. God, is there someone that I can show kindness to today? Uh, all right, let's cut the lights. And, uh, and I'm going to share this video. And, and I'm just praying that our, our video guy is on it because i got to have them mute a section. And, and if they fail, you'll forgive me, I know. Just Herb. Hello, Herb. What can I do for you? A little Ranch, more how long have we known each other? Oh, 20 years, maybe more. Now, I'm afraid that we're not going to be able to take the field against your team if that boy's in uniform. Why is that, Herb? His name is Jackie Robinson, by the way. Yeah, Brent. Understand he's got a name, but we're just not ready for that sort of thing here in Philadelphia. Well, what you do with your team is your decision, Herb. But my team's going to be in Philadelphia tomorrow with Robinson. And if we have to claim the game as a forfeit, so be it. That's nine to zero. In case you forgot. You know what, Branch, you've had a long time, and I'd like to know what it is you think you're trying to prove. You think God likes baseball, Herb? Where? It means someday you're going to meet God, and when he inquires as why you didn't take the field against Robinson in Philadelphia, and you answer that it's because he was a Negro, it may not be a sufficient reply. Amen. It may not be a sufficient reply. And when God asks us, when you and I are standing before the Lord, and he said, what did you do with your life? And Jesus said, those that want to save their life are going to lose it, and those that would lose their life for my sake would save it. I just ask you this morning, church, are you saving your life? Because it may not be a sufficient reply. Okay? Uh, do good. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. It's what we were created for. We were created for good works. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, it's one of the foundational scriptures of how this church got its name. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know what? We can look around. I know you're all good people. I know you, I, I believe that you honestly love the Lord. I believe that you have a desire to serve the Lord. But I want to tell you, that this is not it. What happens, it's when we walk out those doors, I mean, we can let our light shine. Wait, you got one? You guys show up with one? Oh, chapstick. It's funny how it feels like the little light in my pocket. Here we go. Here we go, right here. Ralph, you were talking about giving stuff away. You can take one of these and give it away. All right. Now, we can sit around here and sing this little light of mine. Okay, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You know what? That means nothing. That doesn't mean anything here. 
I want you to take your light, your life, and let it shine out there. Please stand with me.